play loud on that first one. That's a. Well, I got one more minute. I was told back there. Let's all stand tonight, turn to page number 872 or get it on the screens. Right in the corner where you are, please sing out. This will be the first time I've ever led this song. So we'd like to hear the ladies in the back and the men in the front. So here we go. Hold on, we're going to start again. All right, help me out. Here we go. Help me out on this. Come on up here, Brother Blake. Here we go. Yes, sir. Okay, let's try. <laughs> do not wait until some deed of greatness you may do. Do not wait to shed your lines apart. Too many duties ever be true. Right in the corner where you are. Right in where you are. Right in the corner where you are. Someone far from harbor, you may guide across the bar. Right in the corner where you are. Come on, brother, we're doing the third one. Here we go. Here for all your talent, you may surely. Start again on that third verse. Okay, try it again. Here we go, here we go. On the third verse. David, you keeping up back there? Here for all your talent, you may surely find a near the bright morning star. Even from your humble hand, the bread of life may feed. Right in the corner where you are. Sing it out on a chorus. Right in the corner where you are. Right in the corner where you are. Someone far from harbor, you may guide across the bar. Right in the corner where you are. Amen. Greatest song ever. Sorry. <laughs> well, that is a tougher song, but uh, the message of that song, I hope we won't forget, and that is to brighten the corner where you are, even if you're in, if you're going to Serbia, or if you're here in Moore, or in OKC area, uh, brighten the corner where you are, and then there's other verses, but no one knows how to sing them. <laughs> we just, we just know the chorus real well, so... 
Anyway, let's have a word of prayer. Glad you're all here tonight. Lord, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to gather together in your house with your people. And uh, Lord, I, I do pray that you would bless this service in a special way. I do pray that you would help us to brighten the corner that you've placed us in. And uh, Lord, I pray that we would be the light in the darkness. And uh, Lord, as this world gets darker and darker, I pray, Lord, that our light would shine brighter and brighter. And uh, Lord, may tonight uh, encourage us to that end. And uh, Lord, I thank you for our missionary family that's with us tonight. And I just pray, Lord, that this service would be an encouragement to them as they encourage us uh, in the things of the Lord. And I uh, just pray, Lord, you would bless them as they continue on in their journey. And uh, Lord, I pray that, again, you would receive honor and glory from all that takes place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The next song we have on the order of service should be a little easier to sing. And so uh, that should help everybody out a little bit. So, <laughs> well, I'm sure it's certainly not going to take your place, brother. So you're, 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 you're it for the next one. So. Uh, monthly memory verse for the month of October is Joshua 1.8. Uh, does anybody have it memorized and would like to quote it tonight? Oh, Brother Scott. Give it a Awesome. Well done. Anybody else like to give it a try? All right, Brother Dan. Excellently done. Great work. Anybody else? All right. Well, I do not see any more hands, so let's go ahead and say this one all together. Uh, ready, begin. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1.8. All right, so the Word of God was given for us not just to know, but to think about and to do and to live out. And when we do, uh, God pros promises prosperity and good success. Several quick announcements. Uh, we do have our Noah uh, Hobo Stew Night uh, still on for this Friday evening. And uh, for those involved with that, it's at 630 and we'll be meeting in the uh, fellowship hall uh, because it is supposed to be a little... On the nippy side, Oklahoma is going to have a very schizophrenic couple weeks, isn't it? For those who have been kind of paying attention to the uh, weather, it's going to be changing uh, all over the place. And so uh, I, I think Julie probably should have picked a different theme for her uh, ladies' uh, deal. It was changing seasons, and Oklahoma is kind of taking uh, heed to that. It's changing seasons all the time. It was summer today, and evidently it's going to be a blizzard on Tuesday. And it's like, make up your mind. But anyway, uh, so because of that, uh, we're going to have that activity inside the uh, Fellowship Hall on Friday evening. Uh, a lot of fun time uh, is planned for that. So uh, for those involved. And then this Sunday, we'll be having our quarterly business meeting as part of our evening service. 
So just a heads up and an encouragement for everybody in our church to be in attendance on Sunday night for that, uh, just so that everybody's on the same page and knows where we're going and knows what's happened in the last quarter of ministry here. A week from tonight, October 28th, is the last Wednesday night before uh, the upcoming presidential election. And so instead of having a normal preaching service, what we're going to do is have really a focus on prayer uh, during that time. And so we'll have our prayer service. Uh, the teen service will still be happening. Children's service will still be happening. But for the adults, we will have a prayer service a week from tonight. Please plan to be here for that. Uh, prayer really is the most important thing we can be doing right now. Uh, certainly voting is an important thing, and we'll talk about that a little bit more on Sunday morning. But uh, but prayer, um, we need to seek the Lord's face on the direction of our country. And uh, so we'll do that a week from tonight, have a special prayer service. And then uh, Deacon's be um, Board of Directors meeting will be on next Thursday night. Missions Emphasis Sunday is coming up, not this Sunday, but a week from this Sunday on November 1st. And uh, we will be having missionary to uh, the Philippines, the Trimble family. You guys know the Trimbles? So they're going to be coming through uh, this coming, well, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday in a week and a half. And uh, they'll be here in the morning service, and uh, they'll be teaching the teens, having a special lesson for the teens. And then uh, in the morning service, he'll be presenting his ministry and preaching for us in the morning. In the evening, I'll be preaching. And then during that day, we will be uh, taking up our Faith Promise Missions Commitments and so this coming Sunday in the bulletin, we'll have a commitment card for you to begin looking at and thinking about and praying about uh, what the Lord would have you to give over this next season uh, towards worldwide evangelism. And so that's coming up on November 1st. There's a couple other things. There's a few more things happening in November, uh, but I think that's for sake of time. That's where we'll stop tonight on announcements, unless there's anything else I need to mention by way of announcements. Okay, I think that that might be it. Um, let's take our uh, bulletin and look at the prayer requests, if we can take a moment and do that. And uh, we'll go ahead and uh, mention any new prayer requests. The uh, one that came in today that uh, came in after we printed was from uh, Stephanie Garrett. And uh, let me go ahead and look at this. Um, so... Stephanie's friend's parents, and this is Jackie and Shirley Mills. Both of them have uh, COVID. Uh, Jackie was admitted to the hospital about 1 o'clock this morning, and Shawnee, uh, he has uh, COPD and is very sick. Shirley isn't as bad. These are like second parents to Stephanie, and they're a tremendous Christian couple, and uh, they, uh, we want to remember them in prayer. So this is Jackie and Shirley Mills. As they deal with COVID and uh, for quick healing along those lines. Uh, any other updates to the ones we have listed here and or any new ones that uh, we have? Yes, ma'am. Miss Mary, welcome back, by the way. <laughs> okay. Okay, amen. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. That is a blessing. So uh, praise the Lord there. All right, any other updates or new ones? Yes, sir, Brother Dan. Uh, 
Yeah. So pray for Lindsay, Lindsay's wrist, and uh, if she's watching tonight, Lindsay, sorry about that. We'll be praying for you. Uh, yes, sir. It's it's not on here. Uh, we will pray for his oral tests. These are it's basically uh, akin to a ordination service, where he gets asked a bunch of doctrinal questions with an unmarked Bible, and so he has to know scriptures for all kinds of interesting theological aspects without any uh, notes in the Bible. So. He, it's. I never had to do that in college. They started that a year after I graduated, and I was like, praise the Lord, I graduated. Um, and then I got ordained a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> here it comes. I've been trying to avoid this. Well, pray for Jacob that the Lord gives him wisdom. He's been studying for this for how many, I mean, a year or so. I mean, a long time, and, uh, and I think he's going to do really well on it, knowing him. So... Uh, I really believe that he's going to do well, but I know he'd appreciate our prayers. Uh, a couple other prayer requests. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so pray for the Brant family, a couple unspoken. Okay. And Cooper in the back. Yes, sir. November 6th. Yeah, that's coming up here. Uh, was it next Thursday, or the yeah, like two Fridays from now? Okay, so pray for Cooper as he prepares for that. Any others tonight? Yes, sir. Okay, pray for Isaac. Because his birthday was a day ago. Okay, a day, a year, you know. So it was recently. Okay. So we want to pray for Isaac as he had his birthday, so that uh, he had a good day. Okay. Any others tonight? All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to the Lord on on behalf of these, and then we'll continue on with our uh, next song. Lord, we uh, just thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for being a God who delights to hear our prayers, but then also who has the ability and the desire to answer them and to intervene on behalf of these requests. And we're thankful for that. I do pray, Lord, for the ones mentioned tonight. Um, I thank you, Lord, for uh, Mary's mom and how you've worked there and how she's doing a lot better. We give you praise and thanks for that and for some of the answers that were given. And uh, Lord, I do thank you for um, the requests regarding the Mills family that Stephanie mentioned as they're dealing with um, COVID. I pray, Lord, that they would have a quick and full recovery and that um, Jackie, as he goes in for uh, to the hospital, Lord, I pray that he'd be released very soon and that it would not be uh, very serious. I do pray for Lindsay and her uh, wrist that uh, was hurt today or recently, I pray, Lord, that um, that would heal up very quickly and that she would feel better 
uh, very soon regarding that. I do pray for Jacob as he gets ready to take his orals, that uh, everything would go well with that and that he would remember all the things that he studied. Lord, I know he's studied so much over this last several months. And I just pray, Lord, you'd bring to mind as he gets asked those questions, the things that he's really thought about and studied. And, and Lord, you just give him wisdom, help him not to be nervous, help him, Lord, to focus and uh, to, to do his best. Uh, Lord, I do pray for the Brants and their different unspoken requests. Lord, I pray you'd be with each one. And then, Lord, for Cooper, as he gets ready for his surgery on November 6th, Lord, that that would, uh, Lord, be very successful. They would not find anything serious, um, but, Lord, that he might uh, have a clean bill of health, Lord, after that. And then, Lord, I pray for Isaac as he just had his birthday, Lord, that you'd help him uh, and help him, Lord, to grow in you and and to be who you desire him to be. And uh, Lord, we thank you for, again, allowing us to be here together. I pray, Lord, for our speaker once again, that you might uh, fill him with your power and uh, your spirit as he uh, delivers the word of God to us. Help us to listen well, but then help us to go and do what we hear. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. We're going to sing a more familiar song called Set My Soul Afire. And uh, we'll sing all three verses of this as we continue our service tonight. Everybody together. Set my soul on fire, Lord, for thy holy Set 
That's your prayer tonight, is that the Lord would set your soul afire, because millions do indeed grow up in darkness, and that's why uh, this family has dedicated their lives to go and carry the gospel uh, to a country that desperately needs it, named Serbia. And uh, so I'm going to ask Brother Matt to come on up here, and uh, Brother Matt and uh, I have been communicating via email for about a year, I guess. So this, uh, this meeting, this service is a year in the making, and uh, I'm thankful that it finally worked out, and uh, it's been a joy to get to know them a little bit over some dinner, and uh, they have two precious little boys, and one more coming soon to a Miller family near you. Mm-hmm. Uh, within a week, I think that uh, the baby's due within about a week and a half, I guess. October 30th is the due date. And uh, so, uh, praise the Lord for that, and, uh, but they are here somewhere, and uh, so hopefully you'll get a chance to meet them after the service a little bit. But um, Brother Matt mentioned to me uh, before that he uh, has some musical skill, and so we're going to start his uh, portion with a special, and I think you'll enjoy it. Brother Matt? Or maybe not. It's actually one of the ways you can stay away while driving a tractor in the hot sun when the wind blows in your face and you're trying to fall asleep. What do you do, right? You're one of these guys right here.
Well, God's been good to us and uh, calling us to Serbia. I've learned a lot in these three months, these four months that we've been on deputation, and the uh, Lord just keeps molding me and taking away the things he didn't like and uh, putting the things he does like in. And I think next we're going to watch a video, and as I introduce that to you, um, uh, just pay attention. If you could focus on one thing, just kind of the image of God. Um, everybody grows up and uh, has an, a picture of God in their mind. And uh, some are accurate, but many are not. And the Serbian people have grown up with an image of God that is a, a God of uh, unjust, as you could maybe I might think, an unbalanced God, a God of fear. Uh, if you know anything about the Russian-type religion, uh, Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, Serbian is very similar to that. So the same, basically, you know, I, I could basically tell people we're going to Russia because it's the same basic, same culture, same, almost same language and uh, basic same uh, religion. And so imagine going up, waking up every morning and, and doing your thing and going to bed every night looking at a, an image in your mind of a God that's waiting for you to mess up and watching you. And when you do, you owe him big time. And so you better pay and that's the, that's the God that they believe in. That's not the God of the Bible. My God of the Bible is just. He's merciful. He's loving. He's kind. But he is also fearful. And he is wrathful. So he's a balanced God. So we're going to take the gospel to a people who have an, an imbalanced, wrong view of an almighty God. So... When I think about Serbia, I don't think about beaches, I don't think about vacation hot spots or prosperity. I think about war, I think about division, uh, tradition, uh, hurt, scars, death. I think about the Orthodox religion, or the cathedrals, uh, the elaborate decor, the smoke the incense, the statues, idolatry. When I think about Serbia, I think about the coldness, not of the land, but of the, of the people, of their view of God. It's distant, it's, it's far from God. I think about a skeptical people. To many over there, God is a tradition. It's a heritage, it's an angry face. It's not a love, not a relationship. It's not what I've grown up knowing. People ask, what's our, what's our expectations? Hard work, time. They're not fond too much of Americans that I can see build those relationships, to gain trust, to learn the language is going to take time. And uh, we're not going for term or terms. Uh, we're going to build a life in Serbia. We want to become Serbians to reach the Serbians. It's going to take the help of the Lord.
but we know God's with us. We are the Millers. Inadequate? Yes. Scared to death? Sure. But I was, uh, I was saved at a young age. I grew up in a small Baptist church. I was in church, it seemed like, every time the doors were open. Then around the age of 21, I started to think. God wanted more for my life. I thought that just doing the church thing, going to church every, day, every time was, was what the Christian life was about, but God wanted more. Then God led me to my wife. Uh, she grew up a Catholic and uh, was raised uh, building fence and partly on the deer farm. First time she heard the gospel was in a small Baptist church in North Missouri. Uh, she heard it but didn't respond to it. Several years later, she uh, finally became born again at the age of 19. Uh, God had led us to Edmond, Oklahoma with Pastor Bishop the Lighthouse Baptist Church, our friends, uh, who were going to help send us out and get us to the other side, uh, to Serbia. Hello, I'm Pastor Russ Bishop from the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. What I have observed in Brother Matt's life as a husband and as a father is that he engages his family in his faithful service to his Lord. And I've watched this family go out door knocking. I've watched them go out uh, passing out flyers for the church. And I've watched them in their day-to-day -day life try to reach people. And I have seen on display not just a, a, a heart for a land, a heart for an area, but I've watched uh, God cultivate a heart for a people. As he's made a couple of trips over there, uh, personally, uh, I have seen God uh, deepen his burden for the Serbian people. And it is, it is hard to deny that God is at work in his life and planting his heart in this particular field. And so that's been encouraging to me is to see their heart on display, uh, not for a future ministry, but for a present life calling. And so that's impressed me and it's impressed the people of Lighthouse Baptist Church. And we're fully behind uh, Brother Matt and uh, Miss Kaylin and their family going to Serbia. I've known Brother Matt for about five years and have been acquainted with him as God has brought his uh, wife into his life. And then of course, his two children, Henry and uh, Milo. And I have watched Brother Matt over the last couple of years as I've been his pastor I've watched God develop this man and prepare him for the field uh, that he has called him to, the field of Serbia. And they know what they're stepping into. And I, I have no uh, reservations about sending them as a church and standing fully behind them in this effort. So thank you again for considering uh, prayerfully the support of Brother Matt and Miss Kaylin Miller. Hi, my name is Matt Miller. Oh, you can see my hands. Can you see my hands on? Okay. Anything else? I just think Matt's great. Oh. He's the best. Oh.
We got it on recording now. Yeah, I do. It didn't sound good. I'm gonna check my children. And cut. Okay. Two. Okay. <laughs> when I think about Serbia, I don't. When I think about Serbia, just normal people, amen. God calls fishermen, tax accountants, lawyers, Pharisees, hypocrites. Um, Jesus was a carpenter, right? He didn't call perfect people, does he? Just everyday people. And uh, I'm one of those. <laughs> um, well, my wife's, I think she's in the other room. I heard, I heard one little worm in there uh, making some noise. That'd be Henry, and uh, he's about a year and a half. Uh, Milo is about two and a half, and then we got one, like he said, is on the way, little Marco. And so we've given them some little kind of Serbian names, you know, Milos, and uh, Henry's middle name is Nikolai, and then, of course, Marco is Marco. So um, we're looking forward to it. Um, really, it's, uh, it's just a, a small backstory on, on who we are. Um, my wife, she grew up, uh, we both grew up North Missouri, about half hour from each other. Um, I, was, I went to college down here. And she was busy going to a secular university in Columbia, Missouri, getting her criminal justice degree. And she, she'd finished up and getting up and that. Her parents had gotten uh, saved and came to our church, and that's basically how I'd met her. Um, she grew up kind of on a cattle farm with her grandpa, and her dad eventually did, like I said, deer farm. Uh, I did more of the row crops with my dad farming that way, and we did rental houses and construction and things like that. So that's, that's my, my story. Um, but eventually, at one point in my life, I think it was about 22 years old. I all the things I were doing. I had uh, I started looking at all the things I create with my hands, and I started seeing that everything that I touch with my hands, all the beautiful trim that I do, all the painting, all the texturing, all the roofing, everything that I touch with my hands is going to fall apart one day. It's going to burn. I looked at my big truck that I had. I started to rust. I looked at my AR-15s that I had collected. They started to rust. And the question I started to ask myself was, what in the world can I do with my life that it matters to anything? And I looked at the Bible, and uh, it said, lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt, and thieves don't break in and steal. And this, is where, this wasn't where God called me to missions. I'm just saying, what, what can I do as a young man that can matter for anything? And I found out it's people. I started going to prison ministries and doing campus ministries, and I've been down here to OU and on the campus down there in Lexington down there in the prison, um, talking to those guys and trying to win people to Jesus. Because when we get to heaven, I'm not going to take my buck with me. Talking about my big buck story is not going to matter to anybody. Um, showing off my guns that I'm not going to have is not going to matter to anybody. My pickup truck isn't going to matter to anybody a thousand years in heaven. And so I really curiously asked, where should I spend my time? And the more I started spending my time working for the Lord, the more the Bible says, uh, you know, no, the Bible doesn't say that. Song says this, the things of this earth will go strangely dim, right, in the light of his wonderful face, his beautiful face. 
So the closer I got to the Lord, the more things of this world kind of lost their glimmer, kind of lost their glisten. And so eventually, if the Lord would have told me back then, you're going to go to Serbia and leave your family, I'd be like, no, I'll just stay hunting. <laughs> but the Lord slowly progressed me into that, and I'm glad he didn't do it all at one time, but it was through a lot of uh, prison wire and a lot of college campus conversations and a lot of door knocking that the Lord used that to bring me to where we are now. So that's just a small little story. So as I, I turn your Bibles to um, and uh, stay seated, I'm going to use this text as kind of a diving board to jump into where we're really going to be tonight. Matthew chapter 9. <coughs> as you find your place there. Uh, so I went to down here at Heartland. And... Uh, Throughout that process, I got to take a summer internship over to, over to Europe. I got to go to a little country called Czech Republic over by Germany. I spent, I spent an entire summer there by myself. What I'm, what I'm talking about is with the missionary. And that is just to see people there and to spend time with that missionary and to see everything that goes on, um, it messed me up. It messed me up to a point where I came back... Um, maybe a little overboard, one might say, um, back to school trying to talk people into missions and trying to say, you know, you need to be a missionary and, and trying to talk people into to going overseas and saying, you know how many people over here that don't have the gospel and trying to be, you know, how sometimes missionaries can get and, and try to do the sob story and the sad story and come on, we need, we got things to do, we got, well, where are we over here and, and we got all these things, look at how many churches over here, we need how many over there and should I start rattling off, people think you're crazy, Right? And uh, that's, that's kind of what I got into because I seen, I seen it with my eyes and it affected my heart. And so much so that I, I had more zeal than I had common sense. <laughs> and um, so the Lord's been working on me. And um, this text we're going to use tonight, the Lord spoke to me about, it just says this simply. Um, and we'll, we'll stand when we come to our, our next text here. But it says this. Um, and verse 38, it says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his field. Does it say rally the troops? Does it say uh, communicate teardrops of, of guilt to the troops? Um, does it say manipulate some to the mission field? Nope. Um, clearly we see it's the Lord's harvest and it's the Lord's laborers. So I spend all my time trying to talk others into doing something that God wants me to do. But the one thing I was, I was a little off on on this was pray. Pray. I'd seen it with my heart and it affected me so much that I see the need. You ever, you ever just... I don't know, you see, a, a, I'm going to be maybe a little extreme on some of my analogies sometimes, but uh, let's use a herd of bunnies crossing the road. Is that, that's good. That's a sweet analogy, isn't it? Bunnies crossing the road, right? And so maybe some would stand back and be like, oh, boy, look at those bunnies crossing the road. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, right? The truck is coming, right? And so, you know, the cute little fluffy bunnies are crossing the road, and the truck's coming. It's like, wow, man, someone should do about it, you know. 
Me, I have, because of my background and because, oh, there's a crack in the drywall, let's fix it. Oh, there's a plumbing leak, let's fix it, right? That's just, that's just who, you know, the tractor's got a, bre a, a break in it. We need to weld it. It's just what you do. But in God's, as far as missions is concerned here, pray. That's just, it just doesn't make sense to me. But here I am, and the least thing that I do about it is pray about it. You know? We get concerned about our, our lives and the things that we go through. But how many times do we pray about missions? That God would send forth laborers. I'm guilty of that. But as we start with this, the reason I'm using this as a, as a springboard, we pray, but we all, like I said at the beginning of the video, we all pray, but do we have the right image of who we're praying to? Now, why that matters? Here's why it matters. Because someone might pray to Almighty God and say, Lord, I just, Lord, I wish, I wish, you know, and they pray for some, someone would buy me a donut today because I really would like a donut, you know. So they, they have this idea of, of God, is your, God is your best friend and your buddy and your, 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 you know. Now he is your best friend and your buddy, but he's so much more than that. And nowadays in modern Christianity, we've brought God down from uh, men in the Bible would say high and lifted up. And we brought him, brought him down to make us comfortable a lot of times. And so nowadays, we're praying to a comfortable God, a comfortable Jesus. And if you'll read the New Testament, you'll see that Jesus Christ was anything but comfortable to a lot of people. Um, radical would be a term maybe some would use. But he's not here for our comfort. And many people are praying to Jesus who they envision in their mind is about their comfort. Right? And that's just, you know, a lot of churches, you probably know them, a lot of places around town, a lot of places around the world would be focused on that. But tonight, if I could just take our image of God, whether he be long-haired and sandaled, <laughs> however your vision of God might be, whether it be uh, a God of when he would speak to the Pharisees, maybe, maybe the Jesus that you might pray to would be the Jesus that says, oh... Oh, you hypocrites and vipers. It, see that, hear that tone? <laughs> or maybe, maybe you would pray to the God, the Jesus that says, Oh, you hypocrites and vipers. You see, there's a difference. And that image in your mind of what you've created will determine the outcome of how you live your life. And so that's why Jesus in the Bible talks about, you know, we need to read it so we can get the correct image of who he is. So that way, our life... Imagine, imagine a young man um, going around and, and um, doing things, looking at things that he shouldn't, and having this idea of Jesus loves me, and he knows that I struggle, and he, he knows that I'm... you know. But, but we have an understanding, right? Me and Jesus do, right? Imagine maybe a, a, a couple that's going through a, a divorce or going through some problems and, and there's some non-faithfulness there. And maybe the wife or the husband says, yeah, God understands my heart. He just knows that I just can't deal with it anymore and it's just, just going through this time and God's with me, right? And so she, what she has done is she's created this image of God in her mind that makes her feel comfortable about what she's going through 
or he. You know, I just don't have time uh, for this church stuff. It just, uh, it's just, God understands I got to work. God understands I got to do this. God understands that I haven't been to church in like a month, but he understands because, you know, me and God, we got this thing. We're good, we're good you know. And so he's created this image in his mind, right? So I won't labor any more on that. So what I'm going to do this, this evening in the time we have left is we're going to turn to Revelation chapter 4. Of course, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 4, we'd find John, uh, you know, the apostle John, right? The, the, big, the, the disciple John, he... Uh, the one that Jesus loved, he was here, and uh, he'd been carried away in a vision in his mind to see the things that must be hereafter. And as he, as he ascends into heaven, the Lord Almighty, God Almighty, he, he lets him see things that are going to come, that are going to be. And this is where we, we find ourselves after the Lord had just done, got, got done talking about how all the, the different churches and how shame on them, shame on them, they're doing this, they shouldn't be doing this, they should return to their first love, they lost their first love, they done their own thing. So he brought himself away to this, chapter 4, and John finally looks up and he says this, after this, I looked, and behold, a door in heaven. A door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So John in his, in, his, in his vision, in his dream, in his, in his spirit ascending to heaven, whatever that would look like, he was there. And the first thing that he's seen in verse 2, he says he was in the spirit. And behold. Now, behold isn't look. Hey, look at these flowers. No, it's not, hey, look at this piano. Oh, hey, hey look at this, look at this pulpit. No, it's behold. And so you probably heard it taught before about behold. Behold is, is examine, is, is deeply look. If you ever took in a flower and you've plucked it off of, its, off of its planted place in the garden or its spot in the ditch and you picked it up and you looked at the petals and you see the, vine, the veins, right? Look at the flowers. Hey, look at that flower. Isn't that cool? And you drive on by. Behold means stop, pay attention, and gaze the veins, all the little fluffy things on it, the little furry things on the flower, the smell of that flower, right? Behold, and he's beholding this throne. And he comes on down here and he says, a throne was set in heaven, and three sat on a throne. Okay, someone second, no. How many's on the throne? One. Now, if you go around, and I'll be dealing with a lot of different cults and things over in Serbia, they'll talk about there are three, and the Bible says there are three, these three are one, right? And so we'll have this argument, we'll have this debate, we'll have this conversation. Sometimes I'll take them to here, and I'll say, how many, how many almighty thrones are in heaven? And they'll tell me, how many? Let's talk about who sits on that throne. So there's one throne, the Bible says. One throne, and he... Not a she, not a it, not a they, in our modern terminology, amen? He was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. 
How many of you ever just read past that and be like, I don't know what that is, let's move on. <laughs> Get our Bible reading done, you know it? Does anybody, I'm just curious, anybody know what a jasper and a starting stone looks like? Okay. Well, there's a reason uh, that the American flag is done the way it is. You have red, white, and blue. Does anybody know what the red stands for in the American flag? There you go. Blood. Can I tell you if you used to do a look uh, through Google or through something and you look up, uh, you go do a biblical search on the Greek and whatnot, you'll find Jasper and the Sardine Stone was to look upon like blood red. So let's, 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 we have one throne. And when we think about a throne, we think about the king of kings, the almighty, the ruler of all heaven and earth. When he looked down upon the earth and said, I want to make a spot where I can fellowship with mankind, he made the garden. Right? God can do what he wants. He made that spot to fellowship with us. A man kind of walked away from him. When we talk about where he went, when he, the Bible says that he would come down, he'd walk with mankind in the cool of the day. Do you know where he came from? That throne. And then when he was done walking and talking with Adam and Eve that day, where would he go back to? His throne. Oh, but Brother Matt, that's, that's God. That's, that's the creator. That's, that's God Almighty. That's Elohim, as some of the cults would say. Oh, but let me ask you this. Why does Elohim look to be like blood red? Why does God Almighty look, look upon? When John looked upon him, God Almighty looked to be blood red. That's my Jesus. When you pray in that throne room, when you go home tonight, when you pray to that almighty God, who are you praying to? Jesus died for you. Now, if I was to take you over to Zechariah chapter 12 in the Old Testament, you can go there and write it down. You can go there and look it up sometime. Zechariah chapter 12, it talks about uh, God. And I'll talk to these, some of these cults, and, and we'll talk about that was Elohim. He formed the spirit of man within him. The only, the, only, the only being, the only creature, the only creation, the, the only, not creation, but the only God of gods that could do that was Elohim. And that Elohim formed the spirit of man within him. Yes, I'd agree with that, they'd say. Okay, let's move on down. This same Elohim says, I have done this, I did this, I'm going to do this, I have done that. You work all the way down through all those eyes, and you'll find in verse 10, and they, talking about Jerusalem, talking about the Jews, they shall look upon me, whom they have pierced. I'm asking you this tonight. When has God Almighty ever been pierced? That's why he looks the way he does on the throne. And they'll sit back and think, hmm, am I worshiping the right God? The Bible continues in verse 3 of Revelation chapter 4. And there was a rainbow round about the throne. You know what a rainbow stands for? Promise. Do you not give us a promise? So this ruler, this almighty ruler who rules heaven and earth, this one great giant, this, this magnificent throne, that one sits on the throne, just happens to be a he. This one that sits on the throne and looks upon, when you kneel before him, looks upon to be like a jasper and a sardine stone. 
You also know that the jasper and the sardine stone was the very first. If you look at the, the chest, the breastplate of the priests, the very first stone, as you know, the stones would coincide with the different tribes of Israel. The very first stone, sardine stone, the very last stone, jasper stone, the first and the last. Does he not say that? And if that's not enough, you can turn, you keep your spot here, but eventually you look this up. In the last, in Revelation chapter 22, the Bible says this, verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Who is that? I want you to count down three verses later. I, Jesus. Jesus isn't some hillbilly, long-haired friend of yours. I'm talking about prayer tonight. Pray ye there of the Lord of the harvest. And we come on back to Revelation 4, and it talks about uh, a throne, like sight unto an emerald, and it talks about the beast, the 24 beasts around about the throne with, with crowns. Even those with crowns, talk about royalty, bow to him. And it comes on down and talks about the lightnings that proceed out of the throne, the seven lamps which are burning before the throne, the seven spirits of God. It talks about before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. It talks about beasts and things that go on. I don't know. Um, I have a hard time praying. Did I tell you I'm a missionary? <laughs> I think we'll all have a, whole a hard time praying. I think we'll pray for our food and, and thank you for this food and, and let's, let's move on. Um, but when you have your prayer time, Where do you go in your mind? Oh, this is going to be weird for a second. Just bear with me. I used to think, uh, you know, when you pray, I'm never really taught much how to pray where I grew up. You know, I grew up in a little, little bitty Baptist church, and, and we prayed, we, we went to church, we did our thing. But when I, maybe I'd pray beside my little bed, and I might imagine, um, imagine God, and I'm, I'm laying on his lap, Jesus, right? And I'm laying on his lap, and I'm talking to him, and... Um, some would say that Jesus is with here now. I would agree with that. But he also has a throne that he rules off of, and I believe he's there right now as well. And let's not be guilty of bringing him down to our level. But when I would pray, I might, I might pray things like, maybe I'm, I'm uh, you know, fishing in my mind as I'm praying, and God's next to me fishing with me. Maybe I'm riding in my truck and I, I feel and I pray that in, as I drive that God is next to me in my truck. Now, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. As long as we keep this first, His holiness. And then you've heard it said before when they would write the Bible how they would, uh, they would write the Word of God. They would break the Jews, the scribes would break their pen, right? And they would go and they would write the Word of God, break the pen again, and then keep going, right? 
and all these things that they were doing. We talk about the, uh, the, the temple and how uh, sin and blemishes was so far away from that. Well, I think we forgot this. I think many times we in our Christianity, myself included, I bring God down in such a way where I can get away with a lot more nowadays because of grace, right? When I'm praying in my mind to a God of grace and forgiveness, and when I'm praying to my God, to, to my, to my God of, of love and of, of peace and of joy, then it's easy for me to forget about the people he died for because he loves me. I'm in. And I can think about my love for him and his love for me. But when I balance that out as a just, holy, righteous God who died for all, this jasper, this sardine stone, that I'm remembering the people around the world. The Bible says he will not at all acquit the wicked. Right? How do you pray tonight? Do you even have a prayer life? How do you view God? I'm telling you, I am, I'm telling you, the way you view God will dictate the rest of your life. It's guaranteed. You can come to this church all you want every, every time the door's open, but you have a vision of God that he's okay with what you're going through, okay with what you've done, okay with where you're at, and maybe he is not. Maybe he is wrathfully mad at what you're doing slandering his name by your actions. I did construction work. And if you go on the back table, you'll see a little flyer that we mailed out to all of our, all the people that we did work for, saying, hey, we're shutting our doors. We're going to the mission field, basically. And so it's been nice, and, and the rest is on there. But you know how easy it was if I wanted to? Some, some elderly fellow, uh, water leak in his wall, hires me to come fix the water leak, and I look inside the wall, and ooh, there's some, I already bid it for this amount of much, much money, but there's mold inside the wall from the water leak. <sighs> I just don't have time. I got to get to this other job, I got to this dude, I got to do this, and uh, I just, I told him it'd be this much, and I don't have that much time to make that, I just don't have time. And I'll start losing money if I do more, right? Can you think about that? Put the drywall back on, mud it, tape it, texture it, paint it, done. No one will ever know. But that God on that throne seen me do that. And if I live my life like that, because my vision of God says, ah, oh, you know, God understands. God knows, God, knows my, God knows my financial things I'm going through. He, it's just mold. I mean, it's really, really? I mean, and you can go down the list of things you could do like that, taxes, I can think, I can just look at missionaries I have met who have went on the field and done different things that would be unethical for the sake of the gospel. But do you think that tax man will ever make it to heaven? How he's seen that person who claims to be a Christian? No. But he's okay with it because of how he views God. These Old Testament prophets viewed God high and lifted up. How do we view God? That'll change a lot of stuff, right? I'm telling you, how I treat my wife, how I raise my kids. I bring them into church and I tell them, sit down. I didn't scare you. <laughs> <laughs> and I do all these things because I want my kids to look good, right? 
Yeah, did, I, did I do it right? No, the other way. Anyways. But God sees the heart, doesn't he? When we see God high and lifted up and on his throne, and we read this book that tells us more about who he is and what he likes and what he doesn't like, we'll see that he doesn't like unjust gains. We'll see he doesn't like a showman, a manipulator. And here I, here I try to go around and, and do good for God and say, we need missionaries, we need to go, come on, we need some people to come to the mission field. I had a Serbian over there ask me, said, hey, see if you can bring 25 more missionaries over. Okay, I'll see what I can do. And so they, hey, what are you doing? You got any plans for your life? Maybe you should come to Serbia. I mean, come on. That's not my job. I'll tell you about Serbia. Well, what I'm here asking you to do is pray. Pray for us. Pray for more laborers. Right? There's all sorts of places. That's just Serbia. I mean, Oklahoma has got 4 million people. You want to drive through Oklahoma City? You want to you 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 go, you, you go for fun and just say, hey, I want to have a nice, relaxing evening. Just go ahead and take this interstate and just drive on up to Oklahoma City. <laughs> Not so relaxing, right? Oklahoma City, Tulsa. You think of all these towns around. 4 million people. Serbia's got 8.7 million people. And they don't have one place that you can go to like this. And it bothered me. God used that. I said, go. Because I prayed. I'm asking you to pray. Not just to check it off your list. We have these long prayer things that most time maybe most people don't pray for. But all the things I would think from my background that work, I mean publicity, right? Get it out there. Let people see it. And come on, this is how we raise awareness. This is a, we need commercials. I should take out a 10-second commercial on the, the radio station. That's not how God works, does he? It's his harvest, and they're his laborers. It's his job to touch the heart, not mine. But our job is to pray. Will you pray? Will you pray? I'm not, not just pray. Can I ask you to do this other thing? Can you pray to the right image? When you kneel at your bed at night, when you close your eyes... Maybe you kneel in your mind. Now you'll go to this place. If you was to, if you was to say, where is, the, where is the body? Where is the personhood of Jesus Christ at this moment? You could potentially make a case that he is sitting on a throne, looking like a jasper and a sardine stone at this very moment. Sitting in a throne, the bottom of it is threaded around like a sea of crystal with lightning. 24 elders with crowns gathered around, beast, eyes before and behind, holy, holy, holy. The whole job of the, some of those people up there, the, some of those angels, is to say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, again and 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 again. And again and. When you pray, and your knees and your mind hit that glassy crystal sea, 
and you tremble before a thrice holy God that sits on one throne. And you look upon him, he looks to be a twinge of red, and you realize that that blood, he died for you. But not just for you, he is just and holy and high and lifted up, and he died for everybody. Now let's pray. Pastor, and so we bow our heads. Thank you, sir. Revelation chapter 1, just to continue the thought here. The Bible says in verse 13 of Revelation chapter 1, In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And John said, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. He laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. This is the Lord of glory. This is the one we need to be picturing when we pray. Um, he is high and lifted up, and he is uh, above anything that you and I can imagine and think of. And uh, we need to keep that in mind as we pray. Uh, let's pray together uh, tonight. Lord, as we come before your throne... Lord, we do recognize that you are holy, 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 and you are the Lord God Almighty. And uh, Lord, you've given us one prayer request, and that is to pray that you, the Lord of the harvest, would send forth labors into your harvest. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember that prayer request as we go through our life and to remember who you really are. You are indeed high and lifted up. And Lord, you have holiness. You are holiness. And uh, Lord, help us to remember that and to not bring you down to our level. Lord, thank you that you are willing to uh, come down to our level uh, and be um, a man and humble yourself and become a man and be take upon the form of a servant. We're thankful that you did that. But Lord, even still, you are still high and lifted up. Lord, you are on that throne. Lord, help us to remember that as we come to you before you in prayer. Lord, I do pray that you would send forth laborers, and I pray that you would send forth laborers within this congregation. Lord, that there would be some young people, and perhaps not so young people, that would be willing to go and take the gospel to an area of this world that has very few witnesses. Lord, we sung a song a little bit ago in our service, Millions Grope in Darkness, Waiting for Thy Word. Who's going to go? Lord, I pray that you would impress upon the hearts of somebody in this room to go and be that witness. Lord, help us all to be willing to say, I will go. I will be, I would be willing to go and to be your witness. 
Lord, I thank you for this time tonight. Thank you for this reminder uh, regarding our prayer life to have the right thought and the right image of who you really are. Lord, thank you for your word that clearly defines who you are. Lord, I pray that we would remember those definitions and the clarity of your word as we come before your presence. And uh, Lord, we thank you for this couple and this family, Lord, who has dedicated their lives to go to this country of Serbia to be your witnesses. I pray, Lord, that you would go before them. Prepare hearts, and uh, I pray, Lord, you'd help them with learning the language and the culture, and I pray that you would mightily use them to be an effective witness, a bright and shining light. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless their journey as they continue gaining support. And uh, Lord, I thank you for bringing them here tonight. Thank you for this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for your attendance. And uh, Brother Matt, thank you for the message. And uh, thank you for that special, too. Uh, That was a special, special. And so, uh, thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, sure love you all. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Matt and uh, if your family's still back there, if uh, they'll be up back at the table if you have any questions. Make sure you go by and pick up a prayer card, and, uh, and, and don't just be a prayer card collector, but actually be a prayer card pray, prayer, prayer. There we go. Um, take those prayer, prayer cards and actually uh, use those as um, prayer reminders for these uh, families that are willing to give their lives for the gospel's sake. Um, Well, let's all stand together. Uh, We've already prayed. Uh, I sure love you. If you need anything, I'll be around for a little bit. Um, But uh, if I can be a blessing to you anyway, let me know. But uh, in the meantime, have a blessed evening, and uh, we'll see you uh, Friday night at the Noah Hobo Stew Night, Saturday for outreach, or Sunday for church. Um, uh, But in the meantime, have a blessed week, and uh, sure love you. You are dismissed. God bless you.